Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America that is right here. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in case you were wondering where you were. If you're driving through and you're like, I wonder where I am. I must be in the best little city in America. Well, lucky you. That's where you are. And uh, we are going to spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in some Oh, what we like to call energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Uh, we'll talk some music, some uh, pop culture. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, politics and, you know, data, privacy, personal rights, all that stuff, all wrapped up here in two hours of radio programming. And I'm darn happy to be here with you good people today on a beautiful, beautiful day. As you heard Mr. Sean Cable say at the top of the hour, the weather is going to be, whoo toasty little summary that's okay i like it i like summary uber producer dan peters is out today so once again this is a solo operation no net it's gonna be fine thanks for spending some time with us today whether you are out cruising the town with the windows down now nah, you probably got the ac on don't you you're like that i know but you're doing it so you can hear this radio station just a little bit better that's Information 1000 KSOO, or maybe you're streamed live out there on KSOO.com, toiling away in your cube farm. I feels bad for you. The KSOO mobile app, of course, you got to get that. Get that on your phone right now. Pick up your phone. Pick up, pick up the phone. Not when you're driving. No, no, not when you're driving. Just when you're sitting still, pick up your phone. You put your, uh, you get your app store up there. You get put in the KSOO, and there it is. Bam, free, bam. One touch, streaming live of all the programming here on KSOO, as well as weather, news, and all that kind of stuff from the staff here at Results Radio. And uh, maybe you're out there on a job site somewhere, putting in the hours, doing doing the good work of the trades, and you you got this fine radio program cranked up because you want to know what's going on in the world. You want that. You want the no talking points point of view that you get on the Patrick Lally show. There is no talking points. Just my thoughts, my reactions, my experiences, my opinions, and my interviews with people who I think matter and who are interesting. But there's no talking points. I take my orders from no party, from no organization. I take my orders only from the Constitution the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence. That's what you get here on the Patrick Lally Show. No talking points radio. Oh, I'm glad to have you. So glad to have you. Uh, I think you can follow. Yes, you can follow along live on Facebook. Uh, but just barely uh, beat the, uh, I'm just going to tell you, I just barely got that thing running. Uh, struggling with the internet today. But got it up there, and uh, I think the video, yeah, yeah, let's, is it, I think the video's the wrong way again. I can't tell. Any huge. I'll get that fixed here in a minute if you're online. Uh, also, the Twitter account, P. Lally Show. At P. Lally Show, P-L-A-L-L-E-Y. Dan's not here. And as I've told you people before when Dan's not here, I cannot monitor the Twitters as much as I would when Dan is here. See, because he does that sort of thing and he gives you the updates and the links. But I do my best. I do my best, people, to serve you. You, the listener. That's why I'm here. Uh, hey, I want to tell you about one thing, though, that has nothing to do with uh, the Constitution. Well, you know, it's our right to bike or our, our right to uh, run or our right to roll around on the, uh, the bike trail. Because this weekend, 
Uh, we've talked about this before with the smart cyclist, Michael Christensen. Uh, we got a couple of uh, baseball games coming up this week. Twins are at uh, White Sox uh, tomorrow. First pitch, 110. Then they play the Cubbies over there on the north side at like 4 o'clock. So I tell you this. I bring this up uh, only to say uh, that the uh, availability uh, of this program over the next couple of days may be spotty because of Twins coverage. Now there's a rainout or what have you, then, you know, we'll be here. But that means the smart cyclist, regular slot there in the 330 weird friend spot uh, where we talk about the cycling and such and the recreation and the uh, uh, the good life here in the city. Um, it's dicey on the schedule. You know what I'm saying? So I want to remind you of the Sioux Falls Trail Challenge. Uh, as you remember, smart cyclist and I on that uh, Falls Area Bicyclist Board of Directors, some good people on that board, not him or I. Some good people on that board have organized the Sioux Falls Trail Challenge. It's this Saturday. This one coming up. June 30. All right. June 30. And uh, uh, it's uh, it starts at 9 over at Remedy Brewing. And you can go all the way around the trail. There's like six rest stops with water and, and, and refreshment. And uh, you get, a, the, you get a, a, a passport. And you can check them off. All the way around, come back, turn in your passport, you get some uh, swag, and you get uh, a chance to win some uh, prizes, I think. Well, you get some swag. I know that. See, I told you I wasn't on the committee. But then you get a, uh, you get a, a free beverage there at Remedy, a, a, an adult beverage if you're an adult, a, a child beverage if you're a child. It's a family-friendly event, people, just because it starts at a brewery. But it starts because that Remedy at East 8th, on East 8th Street there at the, at the Railroad Center, East 8th and Railroad, blah, blah, blah is right on the bike trail. So you go there, if you got to park, if you can't, I mean, ride down if you can, but if you've got to park, you park in the parking lot over there at CNA and then uh, uh, the ramp, and then you come over to the Remedy and it starts from there at 9. Uh, registration open at 8 if you haven't registered already. Um, I think you can still go to club, you can. FallsAreaBicyclist.org and you can sign up online or just, you know, I suppose if you just uh, uh, Google Two Falls Trail Challenge, you'll find it. It's not that hard. And Come on out. You, got a, you get a buff, free buff, which is like a big tube of, if you know what a buff is, it's a thing you can put over your head. It's like a stretchy little sleeve for your head. You can put it on your neck. You can make a cap out of it. You can cover up your face with it. They're, they're, they're all the rage among the kids. And we've got you a, a fab Falls Area Bicyclist buff for participating. All money, all funds uh, that we raise here uh, goes to building single track, which is like hiking trails and biking trails over at Tuthill Park. Huge project. Going to be cool. I've talked about all that in the past, but I want to remind you that it's this Saturday, and we probably won't be able to get the smart cyclists in here between now and then to uh, give you any of those details. But it's going to be a blast. I'll be out there sort of regulating traffic at the beginning, make sure everybody gets off in a meaningful way. I'll have my bullhorn. It's true. I will have my bullhorn and some sort of stick. And uh, we'll, we'll bring some order to this operation. But a lot of people already signed up. It's going to be a really good time. You don't have to go all the way around. You can go whatever you need to do and uh, turn in your passport. You can still get the beverage. Um, you can go halfway, and there's a, there's a shuttle bus back from the Elman Trailhead. So if you only can do 10 miles, 20-mile trail. But this is your chance, if you've never done it, to go all the way around with support, with friends, with like-minded people. It's going to be fun. We'll see you all down there. We have a great show for you today. Uh, our guests include, well, we're going to talk about privacy of your personal data. 
with David Hill of Sanford Health. He is in the data business over there, privacy and data and such. So that'll be good. Scott Hudson is our weird friend of the day. He's got a big announcement you're going to want to hear. Blogger Pat Powers of DakotaWarCollege.com will recap the craziness from the Republican Party State Convention over the weekend, and I will have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, the Supreme Court. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 318 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Yes, and we'll get a little closer to free today on the PL statement here on the Patrick Lally Show. And the big news, this is the point in day when we look at the news, you know, see what's going on, see what's affecting you, affecting me, getting our attention, making us mad, making us happy, all of that stuff. And the big news this afternoon, just breaking, this just in, it's been maybe an hour now, maybe longer, Justice Anthony Kennedy is retiring from the Supreme Court, which is really big news. Um, not totally unexpected, but uh, it's not. It's it's still uh, a big development, and it's possibly could have hung on for a couple more terms. But he decided at 81, it's time to go. From the Times, the New York Times, Justice Anthony M. Kennedy announced on Wednesday that he would retire, setting the stage for a furious fight over the future direction of the Supreme Court. Justice Kennedy, 81, has long been a decisive vote in many closely divided rate cases. His retirement gives President Trump the opportunity to fundamentally change the course of the Supreme Court. A Trump appointee would very likely create a solid five-member conservative majority that could imperil abortion rights and expand gun rights. So big stuff, big, big stuff. Um, and, you know, there. this is going to be a maelstrom the likes we haven't seen in quite some time. Um, you know, if you thought if you thought that it was a big deal towards the end of the Obama administration uh, when his nominee was not taken up and uh, Neil Gorsuch was eventually appoint, appointed after Donald Trump became president. Yeah, that was nothing. That was that was a little playground deal. This is the big boys. This is going to be the big boys. Um, I, we, pr- we may not have seen a fight like this in the Supreme Court Uh you know, maybe since uh, the whole uh, uh, Thomas uh, situation in the 80s. But this is going to be bigger because there's more on the line. Social conservatives clearly see this appointment as a pivotal moment in U.S. history, because it is uh, a chance for the first time since the Warren Court of the 1960s. The Warren Court, which passed a lot of monumental, uh, very uh, what people considered activist rulings during that period that changed the court, the nation for decades. In reality, uh, our court has been fairly stagnant in terms of activism for some time. I, you know, the, the increased frequency of the 5-4 decisions is evidence of that. And at the middle of the, it all is Justice Kennedy. And much has been made uh, of his swing vote status, a point made all that much clearer today by the decision that was released that strikes down the ability of public sector public sector labor unions to collect dues from non-members. 
You've maybe heard about that. That is a big deal. Pretty much all Supreme Court decisions are a big deal in one way or another. It's baked into the legal cake. You know what I'm saying? That's how it works. Now, though, it's all about the U.S. Senate and Donald Trump. The fact is that Republicans hold what is basically a two-vote advantage, two votes in the U.S. Senate. It's 51-49 with Vice President Pence breaking any ties. So if it goes strictly party line, that's how much they have to lose. No, that doesn't mean, you know, Democrats don't vote one way, Republicans. It happens. Not lately, but it happens. The filibuster rules, you remember the filibuster? The old filibuster required uh, 60 votes to get cloture. Um, That was nuked with the appointment and confirmation of Neil Gorsuch last year. Uh, The Republicans did it with a simple majority. So that simple majority becomes very important in this case. They can lose only two votes on a nominee. That's going to put a lot of power in the hands of some people that the president hasn't been too kind to. Uh, John McCain, for one, he of the most famous thumbs down in American history when he nixed the GOP's effort to permanently repeal Obamacare. So now what? Trump has a real dilemma. If he taxed the middle at all with a nomination that in any way calls into doubt social conservatives' great hope, he risks alienating the people who put him there, the same conservatives who looked the other way and voted for Trump despite the, his total lack of conservative credentials. They did so believing that no matter what else happened, from strippers to tariffs to cavorting with dictators, that at least they would get the constructionist conservative court they've always dreamed of. And that is better than the winds of any given electoral cycle. Or Trump could find a candidate who has broader appeal, a true moderate to replace Kennedy, and suffer those consequences and potential challenge from the right come 2020. It is a political gamble with monumental practical implications. Two votes. It's going to test uh, Donald Trump's fabled negotiation skills, I must say. The question is whether he has any chips left with those handful of Republicans who might be sitting on the fence. What's he got left to give? Trade? Is this the time when Republican conservative senators from the Farm Belt make their presence known? Or will the social politics embedded in the Republican Party today overcome the practical economic considerations of the past? That's a hard question. It's something that every senator is going to have to grapple with, and that's just from our perspective out here in the little farm states. How important is reforming trade or getting some concessions from the president on soybean tariffs, for instance, to help South Dakota farmers versus the hopes of Thune and Rounds to have this long-term conservative court? I I don't know the answer to that. That's something they're going to have to weigh, but certainly there are other Republicans in the 
farm belt who are much less much less committed to the president. So it's going to be tough. We're just a few months from the midterms and Democrats have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose by holding ranks and delaying in hopes of getting those two seats. That's not that long from now, November. And there's a lot on the line, clearly. But are Democrats willing to negotiate with the president to give him the votes he needs if he can't get those Republicans on the assurance that the nominee will be more like Anthony Kennedy and less like Neil Gorsuch? It's a choice that could determine the direction of this country for decades. So the next few months are a very, very big deal. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Love both of those. Drop me an email, patrick at ksoo.com or the Twitters at P. Lally Show. Facebook Live is always available. We'll be right back after the news and weather with Scott Hudson on Weird Friends. He's got a big announcement. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And it's time we talk with Scott Hudson on the Weird Friends segment today. Most Wednesdays, Wednesdays we do that, and uh, you know I only play—I shouldn't say that—I only play Alex Chilton for you, Scott. Well, I mean, that's a good one to play for me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I do have some other replacements in the rotation, but I reserve Alex Chilton for you because it's got that nice, powerful beginning, and you're, you know, I, I like to get us off to a, a good start. Well, you know, I, I'm known for my powerful beginning, <laughs> and then sort of tailing off at fizzling the end. out, yeah. <laughs> fizzling miserably at the end. Um, yeah. You, uh, we were talking the other day, uh, last week on the show, you said that you're going to have a big announcement for the viewer, yes. the listeners here at Information 1000 KSO. Well, what is it? I, uh, am, I, I'm the star of an animated featurette. What? <laughs> an animated featurette? Yes. What is it's that? It's going to be part of an online series throughout the entire summer. Oh, Really? Do tell. Yeah, um, uh, well, uh, I do the Big Brother Gossip Show with my friends Colette and Mike, mm-hmm. and we were contacted by this app called, uh, it's called TV Party App. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, it's an app that tries to, uh, not tries, it does, it, it creates things for fans of shows to do besides just watch the show. I mean, there are, sometimes they have chats with, you know, people that are featured on other shows. Uh, there are some people that create original programming, which is where we come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were contacted, Colette and I were contacted and asked if uh, we wanted to do a little show for Big Brother, which starts on CBS Tonight. Oh, really? And, yes. And, of course, we said yes. <laughs> and because we don't, you know, we live in separate states, we can't really do, an, you know, a video together, you know, uh, Basically, what we're doing is we're doing a weekly little 
show for them, a short show, and uh, they're going to create some visuals behind it. Now, the first one, which was released yesterday on the TV Party app, and you can find it, you can find it on YouTube and stuff. It's easy to find. Okay. Um, Just TV yeah. Party, and then when you see the Beastie Boys video, you go past that, right? Right, right. <laughs> or, or is that or the Beastie Black Boys? Flag song? Yeah, got it. Cool. Um, so basically what we did, we recorded a little show that was kind of introducing the new cast of the season, and they animated us and it's turned it. Uh, they don't have the full version of our first one out yet, but they put out like a 90-second 90 90 one yesterday. So this and is, it's really cool. It's really cool to be um, a cartoon, even if, even if I am drawn as a duck. What? <laughs> I'm a, a duck? I'm a duck human. Oh my god. I'm I'm pretty I'm, handsome though. I'm trying to I'm trying to like type this in as we speak here. I don't know how this is going to go. TV party, <laughs> classic TV party. Well, I'll I'll get a chance to look at it here in a little bit, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. So in the, you know, every week uh we will be recording a little Big Brother update and uh they will like I said, this first one's more elaborate than what will come in the future. You know, there'll be uh but basically, we will have like a 15, 20-minute extra show every week. So that's it's pretty cool. That is cool. So it's, it's completely different than your, your – so you, you create an entirely different conversation? Or how is it different from the gossip show? Or is it basically the same thing, just distilled down to 20 well, minutes? Well, kind of, it, it, it will be kind of a continuation of it. Um, you know, we record our Big Brother Gossip show on Saturday night. This thing will be like Monday or Tuesday, so it will be updated – you know, a, a shorter, more updated version of what we do on the weekend. That sounds amazing. So you the Big Brother starts tonight. So yep. you have have you cut a new podcast yet, or you do that tonight after? No, we did our we did our first show last Saturday where we went through and made snarky remarks about all sixteen new people and and kind of got the gang back together and and uh, we got into. I think we we. Got to 21 on the iTunes charts, 21, something good. like that. And which yeah. classification is that again? TV and film. That's pretty good, man. We, I mean, we're currently four days later, five days later, whatever it is, where uh, the episode is at like number 50-something, and the show as a whole is like number 63, somewhere along those lines. That's awesome. I, I look at it every day because it's like I, I know what a pop band now does, so looking <laughs> at the charts every day. That's basically what I do, you know, when we do the Big Brother show. So uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about Big Brother. So uh, th- it started this season uh, tonight. You know who's on. So what kind of show are we talking about here? They've done the Celebrity Big Brother. They've done the- So what are we looking at here for this summer? Well, one thing that we're, we're actually kind of happy about, it, they're all new people. We, we as uh, the co-hosts of the Big Brother Gossip Show, we hate when they mix returnees with new people. Yeah. Returnees have built-in advantages. They've gone through the experience. This show is different than most reality shows where you just go on and you compete and you, you're done. This is a thing where you, you are literally on camera 24-7. Oh, yeah. It's pretty and cool. It, it's a completely different environment than like going on Survivor for 30 days. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's strange. Um, well, it is so a... We it's like a- the, strange phenomenon really this tw- the 24 7 part of that the constant online part yeah that's wild i mean it's well, just that's the whole reason i've told you before that's the main that's my main attraction i you know me i love 
to know how a record is made. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to know how a band forms, how a movie, how a movie is created, the behind the scenes stuff. And this is this is the one TV show that you can do that. You can look at what actually happened and compare it to what the network decides to show on Wednesday, Thursday, or Sunday night. And sometimes it's quite different. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We're going to take it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, we're just going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and talk more with Scott Hudson and Weird Friends. We'll talk more Big Brother Gossip Show, the wildly popular podcast, and uh, maybe get in some music. We'll do that right after this. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Got fired from a cattle drive. Love North. 344 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Scott Hudson on an extended dance play version of Weird Friends. And uh, Scott, I, uh, yeah. I, was, I was able to, uh, I got too many things running at one time here. Mass confusion in the studio. Um, okay, I found this thing. Yeah. You so you just to just to uh, recap, you have launched uh, with a with the TV party app uh, a short version of your Big Brother gossip show, and on YouTube yep. I found the sort of teaser, the trailer, the BB cartoon with Scott and Glutt. Yes. Yeah. It's um, and your thoughts. You are in fact a human talking duck. Yes, I am. That's, I, I want to say, for, my first reaction was a little disturbing, but I, as I look at it and I listen a little bit, it's starting to grow on me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I, I don't, it's strange, man. That's really weird, but you sound good. Oh, well, thank you very you much. You keep putting out cash for the latest gadgets. Don't know the, what happened the weird, there either. The, the, the funny thing is, on that part, I, I seem to be more of a laugh track to Colette than anything else. Yeah, it's, yeah, but but when I listen to the whole thing, that's not really necessarily the case. So I'm excited for part two to come out, which will be more me, because you know that's all I care about is me. <laughs> How do I look on this? Thing? <laughs> that's right. And no, I, 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 we were both really excited about. It. We we both thought this turned out really well. Well, Colette's a human being. I mean, she she looks like a, a blonde, long blonde hair, kind of uh, sharp features, but you know, animated yeah. and but intelligent. But uh, not to be messed with, and and you have a right, bill. That's a perfect description of her. <laughs> but, perfect description of her. When they sent you the art, did you, did they say, "Oh yeah, give me the bill"? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was kind of out of my hands at that point. Oh, okay. uh, you know, it's one of those things. You have a conference call. You're coming up with things because originally there was at one point an idea that well, every week you'll be something different. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and and that's. First, I was a little like, okay, but now that it's out, it's like, this is cool. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, it, it, he's a handsome duck, and that's all I care about. <laughs> I will say the duck has a, uh, a dashing head of hair. He does. He does. <laughs> and and glad. I mean, and he, he looks for a duck uh, rather debonair. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, so I'm going to have this. Uh, I'm going to put this uh, link on you on our uh, from YouTube on our page here on our Twitter feed. So, that'll, okay, that'll be up for people to see if they want to see you as a talking duck. <laughs> All 
Are you excited? I mean, let's review the, the, the Big Brother thing again. Let's go back to that because uh, you've been doing this for uh, uh, several years now or a few years. And what's, what number of season is this that you have been doing the Big Brother Gossip Show? Uh, we have been doing, um, this is our ninth regular season of doing the Big Brother Gossip Show. But then we also did the celebrity one earlier this year. And there was another off-season one called Over the Top that was an online-only series, and we did the shows for that. So technically 11 seasons of this stuff. That's a lot. Do you know how many shows that is? Oh, well, at this point, probably over a hundred. I mean, there's about there's 13, 14 per season. So, yeah, oh, yeah, we're probably at 150 or so, I guess, if I, if I really think about it. And you still wow. like it. You still like it. I still like what we do. I'm very proud of what we do. I, we we have fun. We're we're edgy. We're we're not you know super fanboyish. We're we're critical. Um, I think a lot of show. The reason that I started it way back when was the existing shows of this sort were a little bit too. I want everyone to like me, and you know me. I don't care if anyone likes me. <laughs> no. no, no, but 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 that doesn't mean we're ne- unnecessarily cruel. We're ju- we're just not afraid to say. Look, this person, no, no. This person, yes. Root for that person. Now, um, I, I did hear Colette. She was very excited about uh, one of the entrants here from the brief. She was m- maybe a little overly uh, oh, yes, happy. Tyler. About, yeah, Tyler. She's all Tyler, in on the Tyler. The Robert slash Spicoli guy. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I probably, I'm going to, I should have, I should watch a little Big Brother just so I know. I've seen a little bit, but I, maybe this is the season that I go all in on Big Brother Go and Big Brother Gossip. Well, there you go. <laughs> cool. Start off with the show. Listen to uh, our season premiere that we record on Saturday night. Uh, it's 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 two hours and eight minutes long, Whoa. and you will have you will know everything you need to know about all sixteen of these people. That's amazing, and uh, always does well on the iTunes chart, which is always stunning to people when they hear when you, when I tell people stunning that. to me. <laughs> Uh, switching gears just for a second with Scott Hudson on Weird Friends. Uh, what are you listening to, man? What's what's good? What's happening? What's on your uh, your other show, your uh, the Live Ledge? Well, this is a good time to ask me because we're at the end of June. We're at the halfway mark of the year, and so this Friday on Live Ledge, six to eight p.m. Central Time on RealPunkRadio.com, I'm doing my best of the year so far. Oh, cool! So I'm playing stuff from the records that have captured my attention and. Uh, I was just right before we I came on with you. I was I was compiling the tracks for that, so uh, I can name a few things that I've been listening to. Please do. What do you want? What do I want? I want to just throw me give me some examples. What are you listening to? Uh, okay, uh, there's uh, well, Courtney Barnett. I think I've mentioned her mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. She's an Australian singer songwriter. I read a review where they called her a female Tom Petty. And that's not a bad description. Wow, that's cool. Uh, Parquet Chords is probably my newest, definitely top five album. Uh, their album is called Wide Awake. They used to be pretty garagey, but they've they've uh, tightened up yet expanded their sound. Right on. I, they're they're really really good. Um, a record that came out last week that really, I think you will like a lot. The band is called um, Rowing Blackouts. Coastal Fever. Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever. It's long. Yes. Take a, <laughs> take a lot of the 80s stuff that we like and throw them together into a band. 
They sound kind of like REM mixed with the go-betweens, mixed with a little bit of Echo and the Bunnymen. I mean, it's it's like our childhood has returned. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I look forward to that. And uh, that's the uh, that's the live lead show on uh, Friday nights. You can watch, you can listen to it live, and also on all the uh, various podcasting platforms. Yeah, so I've become pretty much a full-time podcaster these days. Well, you know, you've got your own Because we also have our day-drinking show and then our day-drinking bonus show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of gotten out of control. Now if I could just make some money doing this. <laughs> Are you getting any money from this TV de- or the uh, animated deal, the TV app? Yeah, they're slipping us uh, uh, a few, uh, little, few bills. <laughs> just not a little <laughs> enough to keep it interesting? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not getting rich over it, but, but, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they've been very accommodating to us. So I've I just pulled up this song. Uh, you mentioned Courtney Barnett, and you've talked to her about her before. Uh, Avant Gardner, is this a good song? They, that's, that's kind of the hit from her earlier record, yes. Well, that's, that's a really good song. We might be able to make this work. Okay. Maybe. Did something go wrong there? Is that the, actually the song? I think that's. I think something has gone horribly wrong. There. Yeah, I didn't hear anything actually. <laughs> uh, well, that's probably good. Now well, you know, uh, Courtney Barnett though. It it uh, it sounds good when I listen to it, so that's cool. Um, I think I had too many things running. We're gonna try this again. It's supposed to be Courtney Barnett. I'm not sure if it is or not. But, uh, I don't she, think that was. She didn't sing. <laughs> she's on my screen, but she's not playing. Uh, anyway, uh, Scott, that sounds cool, and uh, we'll look forward to the show. We'll listen to uh, uh, the Big Brother Gossip Show. we got the uh, Live Ledge on Friday and uh, the Day Drinking. All by Scott Hudson, all podcasting and out there. TV party. TV and party Day app. Drinking. Yes, it goes on and on and on. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Scott. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Talk to you later. Coming up after the news and weather at the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Pat Powers. He is a blogger at dakotawarcollege.com, fresh off his delegateness at the state Republican Party convention. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. This Saturday downtown. Moo- Ugh, midnight moonlight movies. A regular feature of the downtown Sioux Falls area through the summer. A free outdoor movie at Faywick Park. The movie starts at dusk. Bring a lawn chair or blanket. Refreshments will be available for purchase. This week's movie is Despicable Me Three. For more information, see the events calendar at KSOO.com for that or any other events out there in the region. There's a whole slate of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff going on. You just got to look. Also, a reminder, Saturday is the Sioux Falls Trail Challenge. You're going to want to get down there. Starts at uh, registration 8. Rolling starts at 9 from Remedy Brewing. Do the whole trail with support. Good times. Coming up after the news and weather at the top of the hour, we're going to talk to Pat Powers from the Dakota War College blog and get the skinny on what was going down out in Pier at the Republican State Convention. 
will be a good time. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and I'm happy to have on the line from beautiful Brookings, South Dakota, where he blogs under the uh, the title Dakota War College. Mr. Pat Powers recently returned from a lovely sojourn in Pierre for the Republican State Convention. Pat, are you are you feeling all right? Did you bring back all your pieces? You know, I, I brought back most of them at least, and 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 a little tote bag and uh, a oh. program and some other things. Swag. <laughs> there was swag at the Republican convention. That's pretty cool. You know, they they usually have a few trinkets for for delegates, uh, but uh, it was uh, it, it was an interesting convention. Uh, probably one of the biggest conventions that the party has ever had. Uh, very well attended. There were over. Uh, I believe over 620 delegates in attendance. That's a lot. It was probably because of all that swag. Well, it might have been. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it just had the, uh, it was just one of those uh, convergences of a, a central location for the convention. There was also, uh, you know, a interesting uh, contested race. It's the election where there's a brand new governor so every everybody wants to see and be seen and mm-hmm. so uh, it was it was just a very well attended so uh, let's uh, let's talk about the events of the day so first off uh, the attorney general's race did that turn out I mean we you handicapped that for us uh, last week going in and uh, Jason Roundsburg uh, he he came out victorious there right it, it is Jason right Jason and yes, and, yeah, Jason uh, and I started doubting myself. Uh, he took some heat going in about his uh, courtroom experience and this, that, the other thing. But in the end, he, he won pretty handily, didn't he? Oh, he, uh, on the first ballot, he held, uh, he literally was a few delegates away from taking it all in one ballot. Hmm. Uh, because if you if you had 50% plus one delegate, uh, then there's no need to go to a second vote mm-hmm. to win. He... Uh, uh, he had going into the last county to report because apparently Pennington can't count. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they they were having trouble verifying their number of delegates. But going into that vote, he had fifty one percent, and then after they cast their ballot, he had dropped to forty nine percent. Oh wow! So, so it was it was he was that close to victory on the first ballot, uh, and on that first ballot. Uh, Lance Russell from Fall River County, and uh, he beat John Fitzgerald from Lawrence County, uh, twenty-six to twenty-five percent. Yeah, that was very close for that second spot. Um, then c- coming back, uh, but it still wasn't close. You might think, oh, the Fitzgerald people and the and the Russell people might get together because they're both West River, and, and but that didn't happen. No, and, and actually it was kind of interesting because I was sitting in front of the Lawrence County delegation and, and there was uh there there was a large gap of time while they were verifying that all of the Pennington County people were eligible to vote because there was uh, just a little discrepancy. Uh so there was there was about ten some people thought it might have been as long as forty five minutes. It was just a long period of time we all sat. The uh uh the chair 
of the convention, uh, former state Senator Reed Holing, announced right there if uh, you know, we were going to move to a second vote immediately hmm. after the first one was announced. We were going to get ready and just it was going to go. And he advised the candidates, you know, now is a good time uh, to go campaign, uh, to work the floor, to, to get it done. So, so we weren't just sitting there while we waited for that process. And you saw immediately Jason Roundsburg, he was talking to delegates. He was, you know, working the room hard. And uh, I know John Fitzgerald, uh, he was in the delegation right behind me. They, they just kind of milled around a little. And I heard that uh, Lance Russell people might have kind of been doing that, too. But, you know, it just goes to show you, it, Jason got out there and he did the work. And that's what he's been. One of the uh, uh, conversations about Jason is that he's been sort of doing this for a while. He's been traveling the state, rounding up support, doing all the, the legwork. Uh, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call that criticism, but it's it's a, a fact of life. He's been working to be attorney general for quite a while. Well, you know, he's been he had announced and it's been uh, about 18 months, 24 months. I mean, he's been he's been working it hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the game of politics, uh, I'm I when I handicap races, I base it on who's the hardest campaigner. And mm-hmm. in this one, it was uh, this was a no brainer because Jason outworked everybody. And in that situation where you've got, you know, a pool of 600 or so delegates, it's all one to one. I mean, you know how many postcards you get. You get inundated with postcards, but that's not what sways your vote, is it, as a delegate? No, no. The delegate races are kind of a different cat. Now, and I, as I described it on my blog, uh, you know, John Fitzgerald went out and kind of did some of the traditional stuff, you know, went to the dinners, uh, talked to people at events, and, you know, and he did what was required. But in some cases, I, I would almost say it was a little of the bare minimum because all the candidates do that. Lance Russell, very similar, went out. Uh, but Lance added in, uh, uh, pro- had to be close to 10 to 15 mailings in the past few months. I mean, he's been hammering the delegates. Same token, uh, you know, Jason Roundsburg went out and he did a couple of mailings, but, you know, he was much more hands-on, going out, sitting down for coffee. Uh, you know, you could not go to a Republican event in this state for the last year and a half without Jason being there. And it wasn't just showing up. Uh, you know, he was the first one out there volunteering for the party at the, at the fair, state fair booth. Uh, I mean, he was an active participant. And, you know, people, people notice that, that, that he's willing to go out and do the work. Yeah, they aren't going to just hand you the thing, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So Jason, and, and it was a, it was a hard-fought race. So Jason Roundsburg is a Republican candidate for Attorney General, face Randy Seiler, the Democrat. Now, Randy's raised a lot of money already, hasn't he? Well, he's he's raised some, but of all the Republicans, Jason uh Jason probably raised Oh, well, I know he uh he raised more than the two other Republican Attorney General candidates put together. So I, I mean, he's he had raised before the uh, before we even went to convention. He'd had uh, I think about sixty thousand dollars in the bank. Well, that's a lot of money. No, well, you know, what do you need it, to run for attorney general these days? You know, on a on a statewide race, uh, you know, you're probably looking at hundred to one hundred and fifty, and it really depends on what you do. You know, one thing to consider for 
for mailings. One ma- one statewide mailing to Republicans can run as much as, oh gosh, uh, you know, in some cases you might be looking at fifty to seventy thousand uh, dollars by the time you're done printing and putting postage on it. And well, that's big uh, cash, man. Well, yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's not uh, not every day. You know, if you notice how much you see some of the down ticket races from the governor advertised, like auditor and treasurer, you know, you might see a few commercials on them, but uh, you don't see them putting big campaigns into production because it's hard to raise money for those races and and it's expensive to campaign. Yeah. We're going to come right back and talk more with Pat Powers of dakotawarcollege.com, a blog he writes out of the fine city of Brookings, uh, mostly about Republican politics, but he ventures into other areas as well. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four nineteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we return to our conversation with Pat Powers, who blogs at dakotawarcollege.com and has recently returned from the Republican State Convention in the state capital of Pierre. Pat, I can't uh, let this uh, uh, state convention conversation go without chatting briefly about the ruckus. What? There was there was a fight. There was a fight at the Republican convention, man. What happened? Well, I, I think there was uh, a little continuation of the of the bad blood between uh, uh, the the DeSanto clan and. Uh, uh, Dave Johnson, who's a uh, state representative out in uh, Rapid City. But uh, as I understand this time, that uh, there are reports that uh, uh, Linda Santos' husband might have been the instigator on mm-hmm. this one. But, you know, I, I think there was a little back and forth on it. Uh, they booted him out. So, what's that? They booted them both out. Oh, they did. They did. Uh have you ever because, seen anybody uh, booted out of convention before? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I have. <laughs> but uh, you know, there was uh, there was a no profanity uh, rule instigated. That seems good. Uh, because, and I, I think that might have been uh, what caused one of them to be booted. <laughs> and I, I understand one of them lay or. Uh, that maybe the DeSanto had laid hands on the other one, but oh boy. you know I didn't witness it, so I. You can't speak you know, from I, direct knowledge. I understand correct, that. Correct. It had correct. to be the talk of the convention, though, for a while. Oh, there there was a little chat. There, <laughs> you know, people people talked about it, but uh, you know, and uh, you know, part of that was is the Pennington County delegation, and they brought in a number of people to uh, to support a candidate for the AG, and also to try to help uh, Senator State Nelson in his bid for lieutenant governor. Yeah, that's interesting. With, so they uh, they nominated Stace from the floor, right? Uh, well, the, the typical course of events is there's a nomination and seconding, for, seconding via voice from the floor. Mm-hmm. And then there is a nominating speech and up to two seconding speeches. So so if you're nominated, as, as Larry Roden was, he was nominated... Uh, Matt Michaels, Lieutenant Governor Matt Michaels, gave his nomination speech, and uh, uh, Dale Barcher, who's from Rapid City, Reverend Dale Barcher, gave a uh, seconding speech for Larry Rhodes. 
know, everybody clapped and cheered. And uh, then there was a voice nomination from the floor for Stace Nelson and, and kind of a vague second. And then they asked for the speeches and nobody came up. <laughs> it was it was kind of an awkward pause. But uh, so nobody came up. And then finally, Stace came up and and gave a speech where he talked about his favorite subject himself. Yeah. And uh, and he talked about a number of things. Uh, uh, his faith. Yeah, it was it was kind of awkward. Yeah, and uh, so this is after there was a faction of folks who tried to nominate Mr. Kaiser uh, from Aberdeen, right? Who had, well, that's that's a long story in and of itself because yeah, he didn't because, accept it. No, in fact, he ever since they had started it, he'd been saying, "No, I'm not interested. No, I'm not interested," and. Uh, and then the day, uh, I believe it was Thursday, the day I was driving over, if you went to the Draft Dan Kaiser Facebook page, uh, instead of Draft Dan Kaiser, it now brought up Draft Stace Nelson. <laughs> and uh, Stace, who's from, never from, one to shy away from a, a situation no. for an uh, opportunity to have a speech. No, no, and, and actually, from, from everything I'm told off to the side, is that a lot of a lot of this whole effort came from Stace himself? Uh, so since he since he couldn't talk, uh, he, he couldn't talk Dan Kaiser into it. Uh, he he managed to talk himself into it. At least that's what I'm told. Well, there's a lot of interesting conversation uh, from the right side of the right side of the right side of the aisle these days uh, about. Uh, Roden and, and, and Christy Nome and how they're basically uh, liberals, um, which is, uh, it's kind of funny at some measure. I, I never pictured Larry Roden as a, uh, as a liberal, although at one point he was a Democrat. Um, but is that, that's just not going to go away anytime soon, is it? Well, you know, I, I believe fresh out of high school, you know, probably registered while he was still in high school, Larry mm-hmm. registered as a Democrat you know, and, and like a lot of people, they weren't politically active for a number of years and, and until he kind of sat down and examined his beliefs, and, and then he registered as a Republican. He's been a Republican for 20 years, I believe, or more. Yeah, well, he's and, a candidate for Senate. I mean, it's okay to be a Democrat. I mean, let's just say it. it's okay to be a Democrat, and it's okay to switch parties. So it's not necessarily an indicator of somebody's core philosophy, which party they which they registered with when they got out of high school. <laughs> Well, and, you know, the, the problem is you, you have the Stace Nelsons and the Laura Hubbles of the world who say, you know, that's evil, that's evil. But then at the same time, Laura just switched the Constitution Party to run for governor. But that's okay. Yeah, that'll be fun uh, for all of us. Um, I have a great story about her dog I'm going to tell someday. Uh, the, I want quickly, just very quickly, your thoughts on the retirement of Justice Kennedy and the prospect for a new appointment to the Supreme Court and the, and well, the ability to get it confirmed. Well, that and that's very interesting because I've been hearing in conversations that uh, Mitch McConnell was not really going to let them take their August break because they want to wanted to push through a lot of the Trump judicial nominations, mm-hmm. and and now they've got one of the biggest judicial nominations of all uh, for the Supreme Court. So I, I think we're we're going to hear a lot about court appointments for the rest of the summer. Oh, uh, like we didn't have anything else to do, right? 
Yeah. It'll give us something to talk about. Pat Powers, he is the blogger from DakotaWarCollege.com, following Republican politics as close as he can. Pat, thank you very much for taking a little bit of time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Coming up after the news and weather, here at the bottom of the hour, we're going to chat with Dan. I'm sorry, David Hill. Uh, Dan Hill was a singer in the 70s, I believe. David Hill, he is a chief privacy officer with Sanford Health, and we're going to talk about your data privacy. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Jesus don't cry. And I'm very pleased to have in studio with us today on a topic that uh, you know we don't hit that often. It's not politics. It's not uh, recreation. It's not government. It's your privacy. And with us today is David Hill. He is chief privacy officer with Sanford Health in Sioux Falls. David. Thank you very much for coming in today. You bet. Happy to be here. Uh, so chief privacy officer could be taken a couple of different ways. Uh, what right. does it mean and what do you do? Well, I don't have a badge, uh, I guess, <laughs> first of all. Um, it is primarily because Sanford is a, a healthcare organization. Uh, we have regulations we have to abide by. Most people know the word HIPAA. Uh, that is a significant part of my role. Uh, but it all boils down to really protecting information at Sanford. Uh, you know, the bulk of that in relation to, you know, the people of the world is medical information, their medical records. I mean, we obviously have other things, other data points as an employer, uh, but I spend most of my time dealing with, with patient information issues. So the, it's interesting to me because uh, Sanford has, is huge. I mean, right. he's got huger yesterday, Grown right? a lot in my time at Sanford. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got uh, not just, I mean, thousands and thousands of patients thousands of employees and hundreds of locations there are uh i don't know that i would ever sleep night sleep at night trying to protect that network you know i'm what not I mean? the solely one uh, responsible <laughs> so, so that's i good. share that discon uh disconcerting thought with with others definitely. but it, it really must be a huge challenge in this age of hackers and and uh, viruses and everything else just to keep everything locked down it 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 is a significant challenge, and we have obviously an information technology uh, department, and then we actually have a security uh, team in the, in IT that addresses a lot of the the cybersecurity issues. I do work with them regularly. We meet regularly. We we are a team and work on a lot of things together. Uh, but most of the you know the true hacking instances, I mean, they have a very large team to deal with that because uh, you know as large as we are, we certainly deal with that. Uh, as much as anyone uh, in the country in terms of people in domestically and even internationally trying trying to cause problems on the Internet. You have to go up to the uh, the, 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 the C-suites and uh, say, okay, you guys, nobody download any any attachments. Just stop doing that. Well, and that, that's, that's a good, good point. I mean, we've spent a lot of time through, through security trying to educate employees yeah. on how not to compromise the safety of your network. Because it's not just your computer and be why this is important. It's because on the other end of that is my information, Patrick Lally, patient. Absolutely. You're, you're one employee's credentials get, the, get into a system. And everything you know, these days is networked. So uh, companies like us have to be prepared, be prepared in a lot of different ways, you know, educating employees and then protecting the network. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that, you know, that can be done. And I'm, uh, I'm not the security guy, but, you know, we can limit where you can use certain resources. You're not going to be able to log into Sanford's medical record from uh, South Africa or or in Europe where maybe some of the, the bad actors are. Sure, but I can bring it up on my laptop right now, and that's which is incredible. But what that is a threat to my own privacy at some measure because I have access to that website. Who you knows have, where I'm coming into it from? Right. right? You have my Sanford chart. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, we, you know, there are other additional security mechaniz- mechanisms built into that. But you're, you're right. If, if you mistakenly email your username and password uh, unencrypted, you know, to someone you don't intend, you know, they can certainly log into that. Uh, we've got a lot of security protocol built around that. Employees don't have access to your user credentials. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know how to log into it. They can assist you with resetting your password and the like. Uh, but you're right. You can see your medical information, and there's a significant reason why you need to, and we want you to see it, to, to help participate in your care, give you all the information you want and need you know, quickly. But I'm not, I'm not risking any uh, sort of uh, exposure to bad people. I mean, my weight's in there, and that's... That is seriously sensitive information. Well, and that, that gets to a point, you know, you're exactly right. What's in there that someone can use? Mm-hmm. Um, we limit what can be seen in there. Um, you, we allow you to change some data points, but ideally someone can't just go in there and, and steal your identity. I mean, they're going to probably need enough more information on top of that. Um, but to some degree, you know, that's the nature of the Internet and every other banking account. Uh, you have every every industry struggles with maintaining, you know, a high level of security and changes are made on a weekly and monthly basis to make sure that uh, we're on top of that as much as anyone in, in the, in the and, world. And the medical industry as a whole, I mean, this is some of the most sensitive information a person can have. And, but you're highly regulated. And, Ab- I, mean, absolutely. I mean, this is not just you guys, but we better not do that. The government's watching that. We, we may very well be the most regulated industry uh, in the United States. Um, primarily for me as the privacy officer under the Department of Health and Human Services, we are called what's a covered entity and subject to the HIPAA privacy rule. Uh, The people that enforce the uh, HIPAA privacy rule are the Office of Civil Rights, the same people that enforce uh, race and gender discrimination, pretty aggressive folks. Uh, So uh, they are very assertive uh, investigative agency, and they've done a lot of enforcement in the uh, since 2003 when the privacy rule was passed. So uh, that's one distinguishing factor between your medical record and, and say, some other uh, service or site you visit that isn't, isn't medical in nature, that isn't subject, subject to that requirement. So as a patient, I have, obviously, I have rights to privacy. Uh, what, are my, what are my rights, just more specifically? I just know, well, I know they can't give it away. But yeah, when it comes to electronics. And all you that. can, you know, this could be a long speech if, if uh, I really went into a lot of detail. Well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, primarily it starts out with certain premises, which um, it's not a you can't share anything because when they pass the privacy rule, the privacy rule they recognize that you need to be able to share information for the healthcare system to work. So uh, the default federal rule is you can share information for patient treatment to others involved in a, in a patient's treatment. You can share information for payment, which means you can obviously submit claims to a health insurance company. 
Um, the system would just grind to a stop if you had to ask permission for every time you needed to share the relevant information. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we, we are subject to a lot of restrictions on when we can use your information. And if it doesn't meet, you know, some of those narrow categories, we have to get your permission. So what is that relationship? You brought up insurance companies, and I, I think there's a lot of confusion about this. I don't know what they can get and what they can't. Can, can an insurance company, my, whatever my insurance is, go in and look at my, my uh, uh, information from my annual exam? They don't get any direct access to your information. So uh, when we submit a bill for your, your annual exam, uh, we will, and I'm not a, a coding expert, so I'm going to be pretty <laughs> general here. We're going to submit a claim. We're going to submit a claim. Yeah. And it's going to have codes on it, and it's going to differentiate what type of services were provided. Um, if... You know, and again, companies may need information for different purposes. Um, to process your, your claim, that may be all they need. But they do have the right to ask for a copy of the visit that you submitted to health insurance, you know, for legitimate reasons. Hmm. If, if they're doing an audit, uh, if they need additional information to see if the doctor met the threshold for a certain type of service, it's appropriate for them to look at that. They're also subject to HIPAA, which means they can't turn around and, and shoot at other places um, give it to other people without the same requirements that, that we are governed by. Uh, but at the same time, they, uh, they can't call and say, Patrick, let's get a copy of everything in Patrick's record. We, we want to build a file on him. We want to profile him. We want to decide what to do with his insurance premiums. We are going to jack up his rates like you wouldn't yeah, believe. Yeah, absolutely. And but that, because the problem there is when you have that, you won't be honest with your provider. You will lie to your provider. Are you smoking? No. <laughs> I'd never yeah, touch this stuff. You know what I mean? And it's all about, you know, to be honest, providing efficient, you know, accurate care that benefits the individual. And that's everyone's mission. And you, when you, once you start hiding information, um, it becomes more difficult to do that. It's important for providers to have as much information as possible. And insurance companies, um, there's a lot of different roles they play now. They, they have a case manager potentially at your insurance company that may be working with you about uh, regulating and maybe minimizing your ongoing diabetes uh, or many other chronic diseases. It's all about saving money for them uh, and uh, making your care more efficient. In the vertically integrated healthcare world that we live in, are there firewalls at some measure between, say, because Sanford has a, not, Sanford's not alone in this. Uh, uh, you have an insurance arm. You have we do. now uh, elder care. You, you know what I mean? Are there? Does the federal regulation require you to keep very strict firewalls? Between uh, the the federal regulation, in a very general sense, you should be giving people access to what they need to do their job. So, for example, our Sanford Health Plan employees, if they're processing claims, they have no access to your medical records. Can't go in and look mm -hmm. at it. We may have. Um, other roles uh, and health services, you know, our billing department is generally going to have access to your billing information. Some roles in our billing department may require that they have access to the medical records. Some, uh, some and a lot don't. So mm. uh, that's an ongoing theme throughout healthcare. Is you have to limit, you know, appropriate access to appropriate information. It's very interesting. We're going to come right back and talk more with David Hill. He is the chief privacy officer for Sanford Health here in Sioux Falls. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 
448 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we return to our conversation with David Hill. He is the Chief Privacy Officer with Sanford Health here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we have been chatting about mm, the regulation and the HIPAA and the, everything that guards your personal privacy with regards to health care. Um, first of all, David, uh, how did how what's your journey to this job as chief privacy officer? Where, where did you come from? How did you end up here? Uh, I'm a I'm a Del Rapids boy, just from oh, uh, up 115, um, <laughs> an Augie grad, uh, and at that point, I I decided I'd lived in Minnehaha County long enough uh, that I uh, vacationed for three years. I went to law school in North Carolina, uh, oh, pra- cool. practiced law for a while here in in the county, and 11 years ago came to Sanford. So when it comes to the law and regulation, that's really your expertise. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps. I mean, I'm not, I don't work in the legal department at Sanford um, Thank God. as the chief privacy officer. I'm, I serve under the compliance wing. Uh-huh. Um, so I call myself a reformed attorney at this point. Uh, but it does help having that background. Yeah, um, that's very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about Del Rapids after the show. Um, so one of the things we were talking about off air, it's very interesting, is the whole burgeoning world of uh, third-party internet sites where you can send your DNA. And, right, right. Um, so you guys work under all this very strict regulation, but if I send, I mean, just pick out 23andMe, which is probably the most famous one. Ancestry. I send, and Ancestry, right. I send in my, my swab to these people. Who knows what happens to it after that, right? Right. I mean, obviously there's there's different purposes, Uh we're, we're doing DNA tests, some tests, you know, to help treat you and identify health conditions. Uh, if you're taking the ancestry test, you're, you're wanting to figure out whether, whether you're Irish or Danish or French and try to find some relatives. Uh, 23andMe um, does some of that matching. They also do some research. Uh, they'll, they've got some tests where they'll tell you you may have a certain health condition that may be med- medically actionable. Uh, it's all informational, but but you're right. It's a it's a different industry. They they are not healthcare. They may do some research, which may be regulated by a, a research entity. Maybe if they get federal funding, I couldn't tell you if they do or if they don't. Mm-hmm. But definitely a less regulated area. They're they're subject if if by anyone the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, we're also subject to their regulation. Uh, they. I would say, you know, historically have some catching up to do in monitoring uh, privacy. That is one of their primary functions to prevent unfair and deceptive trade practices uh, Mm -hmm. kind of built into that is protecting your data. But, you know, there have been some recent stories about the Federal Trade Commission investigating some of those sites because they're worried about, you know, them potentially not protecting the information appropriately or giving it to people that they have said they won't. Yeah. Well, and the fact of the matter is they can try and protect it all they want. Uh, credit card companies protect it, our information too, but they get hacked all the time. Right, right, and you know there's a much more incentive short term to be to be grabbing credit card numbers. Yeah, but what can we? What can people do with this information? So big deal. I get my DNA, or they get they, somebody gets into my medical records somehow uh, on somebody with unsavory uh, intent. Well, big deal, right? Yeah, if you don't have anything interesting in there that's that's probably the answer no big deal i mean i i think from my experience as a privacy officer you learn that people's opinions vary drastically on how they feel about their medical privacy um if you have a sensitive medical condition you may not want other people to know that um 
you and me and probably you know, the average person listening uh, probably is not subject to a lot of adverse action um, like perhaps a politician or a public f- mm. you know, figure where it can be used to blackmail well, CEOs and people like a- this absolutely. who get into board of director fights. People are vicious. Yeah, and you know, people will do anything to make a buck. And you know, maybe if they figure, you know, hey, we've got your secret results, uh, pay us X number of dollars, and we won't give it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that you know, those type of extremes, I think, is generally when, when you start thinking about DNA. You know, someday uh, people are going to figure out how to more effectively cause harm to others based on DNA profiles. Mm. Um, that's mysterious deaths around the world already happen. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you know, there'll be additional abilities to do that. And they could just flat out. Uh, there is identity theft. There, sure. there are, there's other information beyond my afflictions that are in my medical records. Yeah. Right? And, you know, someday, maybe if they use your DNA to validate your credit card application, um, <laughs> yeah, they don't right. yet. Uh, maybe someday that's where that would probably leverage a lot more harm. But getting your DNA out there, you know, probably more so, you know, is your personal comfort and what are you willing to share and what are you willing to find out about yourself and your family? It's an ongoing conversation. Uh, David Hill, he is the chief privacy officer with Sanford Health. And uh, I really appreciate you coming in today and uh, informing us on this topic. And, you know, when there's some news, we'll have you back. How's that sound? Sounds great. Coming up, we're going to finish up the show and uh, let you know what's going on the rest of the week. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. K-S-O-O. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 K-S-O-O. Coming up on Saturday, everybody. Family Park Fishing Saturdays. 9 a.m. at Family Park at 300 North Ellis Road. That's out there at uh, 12th and Ellis. Poles and bait will be supplied on a first-come, first-served basis. A valid South Dakota fishing license required for anyone 16 and over. No registration is required. For more information on that event and others, go to the events calendar at ksoo.com. Okay, here's the deal, people. Tomorrow, Twins game. First pitch, 110, right? So we'll see how that goes. Uh, We might be here, we might not. Depends on how long the game goes. And then on Friday... The uh, uh, the Twins uh, travel across uh, Chicago and they take on the Cubs. Uh, so that game starts at four, which means pregame at three thirty. Hang in there. Listen to baseball. You'll be okay. We'll be back next Monday for sure. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO.